called the fake news the enemy of the people, and they are. It's a serious question. I, I appreciate your passion. I share it. I've addressed this question. I've addressed my personal feelings. And I want you all to know that we are fighting the fake news. You're listening to Just Ask the Question, adventures in reporting with your host, Brian Karam. All right, so welcome back to Just Ask the Question. I am your host, Brian Karam, and today we're sitting in sunny California next to a bus line. <laughs> couldn't, be, couldn't be better with the big blue bus. <laughs> and sitting here with me is comedian and funny man, Owen Smith. And Owen, I saw you last night. I had to have you on the show just because of how you did at the L.A. Press Club. You killed. Was it a 20-minute set? Yeah, yeah, yeah it and it, it was, and it's hard to make reporters laugh yeah. to begin with. Yeah, but you had them, <laughs> and you did it with well, the one bit about your name, yes, and of course about being married. Yeah, because you know nobody ever breaks up with anybody because they aren't being cherished. Now, <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah, it's your line. I love it. I stole it. <laughs> But I love it. So uh, since it's just asked the question, I'm going to just ask you the question. What the hell are you doing in California when you were in Prince George's County, Maryland? I, I never thought I'd be living here. Ever. Like, ever. <laughs> ever. Um, man, my journey. How did I get out here? Yeah. So when I was nine years old, I knew I wanted to do stand-up. Right? What made you know that? I saw, okay, so I was born in the Bahamas, right? And so I was always like an outsider, even though I grew up in a black neighborhood, we would be playing outside and then always a kid would go, where are you from? I'm like, I'm from here. Nah, man, you ain't got no eyebrows. Like, where are you from? <laughs> <laughs> I got West Indian eyebrows, so. Like I singed off in the fire. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, so I would go, and I had a list. So I will go to Bahamas, and then they would be like, you Bahamanian? So then it would be like this whole people trying to figure out what is that? And so I came funny as a, I would like talk about myself first so people would laugh and ingratiate themselves to, to, to me and not ask too many questions. And I grew up in, a, in Pembroke Apartments on uh, 1572 Silver Hill Court was the address. And basically it was like all my friends, they were all, we were all being raised by like single moms and it was all boys and we were all like giving each other like horrible advice. <laughs> And uh, when I was nine years old, I saw Eddie Murphy Delirious. I was staying at this, uh, spending the night at this babysitter's house. I think my mom used to drop me off over there when she would go on dates. <laughs> so I was over there, and these, my, these babysitters were super Christian, right? Like, oh, that would do it for me. Yeah, super Christian. Like any curse. So every time Eddie Murphy cursed, they would turn the channel, but they were in tears laughing. So they're like, oh, Lord, y'all, y'all can't see this. Y'all can't. Ooh, okay, let's turn back. Maybe he's not cursing. Then they turn back. And I remember looking at him. I go, what is that called? What is he doing? Because it's like, I do that. Like, I say things funny like that. And I make a bunch of people laugh like that. He was similarly, similarly complected. And uh, I say, whatever that is, I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. Just not in that outfit. Because he had on like these. these yeah, I did not pants. like the outfit. That's not my move neither. No, like, no, no. Uh-uh. I can't rock the red it, leather. Uh-uh. So no. they told me he's a comedian. So. I knew it, but I never told anybody that that's what I was going to do. So whenever I made people laugh in groups now, I was like consciously aware that I was like, I'm being a comedian right now. Then 10 years go by, I 
I'm 19, and I'm home my after freshman year of college at the University of Notre Dame. And I'm working at the Department of Energy. Uh, Wanda Jones is, was, is a, was a friend of my mom's. Wanda Jones is Samuel L. Jackson's first cousin. Hold on. I'm, I got a real problem. Okay. Yeah. Another okay. bus. Yeah. Another bus. The seven. One of my favorite bus. <laughs> the seven bus. The seven. Okay, go ahead. So Yeah, man. So I was in uh, PG County, Maryland. I came back home. I went to Notre Dame, came back home. That was Notre Sorry. Dame. It was culture shock. It was the first time I was. A, I felt like a minority. You know what I mean? Because I feel like a minority in Notre Dame. I got news for you. <laughs> I ain't got blonde hair, blue eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you Irish? No, I ain't Irish. It was, it, we were two percent black, which is like skim milk, right? But, <laughs> <laughs> you, right. You couldn't skip class because they knew. No, no, like, no. They knew. <laughs> Hey, yes. that guy ain't here. Who are you? Like everyone knew we were. But the funny thing about it is that there were maybe I'm gonna say two hundred black students there, but the irony is it was the first time I was ever with a group of black people whose parents all had the same values. See what I'm saying? So yeah. Like, I knew all of them were told to do their homework when they came home, pull their pants up, tuck their shirt in, they gotta say please excuse me and thank you. So if they were acting thuggy, it was like a, a show. It was a code switch. But it's like, you know, like we all had the same parenting, right? right. And all of Don't us make had, me kick your ass. Yeah, and all of us had like white names. Like I was, <laughs> it was the first time I was in the room with other black people with white names. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so it was the first time I didn't have Owen that. Smith, counselor yeah. at law. <laughs> exactly. It's an accountant, counselor. Yeah. And it was, it was like Owen, you know, Brian, Joseph. It was like very simple. You know, or cats would have like African names, like my man Juba or, or whatever. But but everyone knew, you know, everyone had kind of had the same value system, and so it was the first time I ever experienced that. So a lot of a lot of us were connected because like we were always in high school, we were always those people in those AP classes. So I went to a black high school, but all the students in my class, most of them were were the white students and a few black students. You were in AP class. Yeah, those, those Me AP. too. Yeah, so yeah. you become like the translator, like, you know what I mean? Like, your white friend's like, why are you looking at me like that? Yo, you about to get jumped. <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? What did, you know what I mean? Yeah, right. You become Let this. me translate for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so you get like these two like experiences and uh, like all of that informed my, 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 my comedy, you know, and, um, so you came home that summer. Came home that summer, and Wanda Jones uh, uh, was a good friend of my mom's, and I was a good friend of her her two, her son, uh, Tyhimba. Wanda is Samuel L. Jackson's first cousin. So when Sam like received a lifetime achievement award, she was standing like next to him, and his daughter Zoe used to stay at their house in the summer. And this is when Sam was like on the rise. We were like, oh yeah, you know that. But Wanda got me a job. I think she worked in HR, or she had connections at HR at Department of Energy got me a summer job there and so I was working there and I would make everybody laugh lunch break I couldn't wait for lunch because I was just going to do all my, my stand-up thing and uh, <laughs> this one big dude named Kevin he was like yo you funny I'll take you to a comedy club exactly what he said I'm going to take you to a comedy club his next sentence was pick me up <laughs> like, I'm gonna take you to a comedy club. Right. Pick me, me up. up. So I'm driving. In other words, this is just a way you get out of house exactly. and have a drink. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm driving somewhere deep in DC. Pick up Kevin. He took me to the Comedy Connection in Greenbelt. Oh yeah. Comedy Connection in Greenbelt. At that time, Martin Lawrence had just popped, and Dave Chappelle came yeah. out of there. Uh, 
Tony Woods. You know them? I do know them both now. I, I know I do know them. I do know them, but I don't know them a, super well. Like, a funny Dave Chappelle story, yeah, but, I'll, yeah. but I'll tell that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. <laughs> so, yeah, man. And then, um, so when I went in there, it was open mic. And the first time, I got there on time. I signed up. And I'm back there nervous as hell. I had, like, the bubble guts. And this is oh, like, yeah. This is like, we all been there. Yeah, I entered comedy in 1992, right? This is right when they started. Like, the boom had exploded. So now they, like, paper the room now, right? So people are coming in. They had a buffet. And uh, I'm waiting there nervously. And I don't get called. So I go back the following Tuesday. And I and I sign my name up in a lot of different spots on the sign-up sheet. Doesn't call my <laughs> name again. And so I go up to the host. His name is Chris Paul. And I go, hey, man. I can't, I've been coming here the last two weeks and, and uh, signed up. And you never called me up. He goes, oh, I just didn't know you. Come back next week. That was my first lesson in showbiz. It's like, it's like, who you know? Was he white? Black dude. Chris Paul. Yeah, he's on the radio. He's like, he's a oh, yeah. funny dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so, um, super funny guy. So then I, I um, came back the following week. That's a white thing. Sorry, that's outrageous. Yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. I don't sorry, know you, don't son. Know you. Come back. Come back. <laughs> so I came back. It was something about it. I came back, signed up. I signed up like seventh. He put me up first. And I did well. And when I got off stage, like in DC and in Maryland, the comedians are so encouraging of each other. Yes, I we thought are. it was like that everywhere. So when we got off stage, everybody all the comments were giving me applause, and they were like giving me pointers, like "Yo, man, this joke was funny. Slow down here." Do the... And I knew I was home. I knew yeah. I was home. I was like, "This is this is it." That and I got to tell you, there is nothing. I hang out with you know. I play in a band, done stand up. Nice. You at the end of the night, and you know what I'm talking about. At the end of the night. You're going out for coffee somewhere. Yeah. Going out, and it's a bunch of comedians sitting around talking, talking craft, man. And, and that is funny. some of the funnest times yes. I've ever had. And you're right. And, and when I was coming, I was like, "All right, hey, Brian, that bit you did, but you should do this." Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh, man, that's right. Yeah, open, you know." And that was to me was just when you're doing comedy, it's, it's oh. It is the best, and but it's not like that now, and it's not like that no. everywhere. No, no, no. It's, it's hard. too. It, well, the thing is, is I remember I was I was at a comedy club in Maryland recently, mm -hmm. and we're sitting down talking, and I said, "Hey, man, that was a funny bit, but you, you know, you ought to try this." And go, well, what the hell, you know? I was like, "Oh man, don't you know? Yeah. Don't play that shit." Yeah, it's a new generation. Some yeah. people, and sometimes I would see other comedians, like younger comics, trying to find their voice. I've, I've kind of come full circle with it. Um, I don't believe any comedian is bad. I used to believe that guy sucks. Oh, I've really, seen some. <laughs> but I believe, I believe that because with YouTube and the internet and all of that stuff, you're, you're now watching, you're watching comedians find their voice. Whereas, right. like, when I was doing it, when I was coming up, I would be in San Antonio, I would be in Columbus, Ohio, I would be wherever and say, just figuring out, like, who I was as a but it's not tape like up on, on, on YouTube. So like, by the you time you fail. see me, yeah. By the time you saw me, I had a little more polish to me. And but uh, but now, cast is just broadcasting everything. And the problem with that is, is they give you no. There's no wiggle room. They want no. you to be perfect every time. Yeah. It seems like, and and nobody is. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you'll never tell the same joke the same way no, twice. No, no. The audience is different. How you feel about it is different. How you get into it. It's different, and that's but that's what keeps it fun, you know. Yeah, what I mean? yeah. That's what keeps it like. And fun you play too. off of something that you see oh, in yeah. the audience, or oh, somebody yeah. says something, or mm -hmm. and and I've always 
always dug that, man. Man, you know one of the most valuable things? Mary Ellen, Mary Ellen Cooper told me this because I used to record my audio, but I couldn't listen back to it. It was one of the hardest things to do was to like yeah. listen to my voice. And she just said it uh, just so just, she just threw it away. Like, you have to listen to it like it's not you. Because I can listen to your act and give you, right. and tell you what you have to do. So she's like, yeah, it's, it's like a job. Just pretend like it's not you and just, just do it. And when she told me that, it still took me a few maybe weeks to get there. But now when I do that, it helps me see where I can take it. So if, I, if I'm ever doing like a full week at a club, say I get in on Tuesday or Wednesday, by that Friday or Saturday, man, my act is so tight. It's ridiculous. And it's so much fun because now I know what I, I know where I'm taking you. And it's nothing like being prepared. Because then you can play. Right. You know? And you and that's all right. You talk to any comedian who's done it for a while, mm-hmm. you know when something's gonna play. Oh yeah. And when it doesn't and you thought it would mm-hmm. What's your first thought? What's wrong with all of you? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's, a, you know that's, that's an interesting debate. It's like, is it the audience's fault or is it yours? And I was watching that is a, between Larry David and Seinfeld. Seinfeld says it's always the comic's fault. And Larry David's like, it's the, it's the audience. Of course it's the audience. And well, so, you know, but Larry, not to interrupt, but you know Larry David's reputation. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. He got booed out of play. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He, was, he never liked the audience. No, no never liked it. And I would say, I think it happened half. Yeah, if I know something's going to play and it doesn't, if I get the courage to listen to that audio, I'll be like, oh, I was rushing, or oh, damn, I didn't say this word, or oh. And I sometimes see. one word will do it. One word to do it. How you get into it? You know, it's a crazy thing too because I'm so tall. I hate doing this because I feel like it's cheating. Sometimes I work against things that I know would get huge laughs but if you as a performer if you make eye contact with people as you're performing it like reminds them to laugh because they'll just be looking at you right you know what i mean and they think in their head they're laughing but you have to if you look at them and like bring them in then it's like you've created like a, a, part a of the protective moat yeah around you. yeah and then but i feel like that's cheating sometimes <laughs> like sometimes i like to look over their heads to see if the material will work but if you just literally just look at people, yeah, it like brings them in, and it's like that one small little little thing, and I'm like, oh man, because sometimes when I play the main room at the comedy store, everybody's like looking up and they're just so happy to see you. Sometimes I don't feel like letting people in. I just want to do my act. You know what I mean? Sometimes I yep. feel I might feel overweight. I might feel. I don't know, weird about what outfit I have when I just don't feel like looking at the you. The kid just shit the bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. My <laughs> hair might be somewhere else. But it's like it's like it's like a checklist. It's almost like a golf swing, right? Like if you do all these things, you'll get that that perfect sound. Yeah. You know, but if you try to skip them or try to cheat it, you know what I mean? It'll still go, but it's it might slice. Like it's kinda like that's how that's how your bits work or your act works. Well, and all of them it's it's timing and it's words. And there was uh, uh, and you were talking about Larry David and, yeah. and Seinfeld, yeah. <clears throat> which were there was a, and they were talking about how you word things and yeah. whether it is a clean humor or dirty humor that's yeah. the funniest. What do oh, you think? Oh man, that's interesting, man. Um, I I discovered Richard Pryor later. I discovered Pryor at like twenty seven, and I was so mad because 
I lost class clown to a guy in high school. I lost class clown to a guy in high school who was doing prior. Who was doing Richard so Pryor. Well, that's I what was, Eddie was doing. Yeah, so 16-year-old me was competing against 40-year-old prior, and I didn't know it. I thought this kid was a genius. <laughs> I was like, where's this kid coming up with this stuff? <laughs> well, um, I feel like... Is it something I said? He, right. That's what he was... Yeah. yeah. That's where he was getting it from. Yes. I... Well, I'm turned off. If you're clean, don't tell me you're clean. Just, just do just it. Just do your act. And if you're dirty... Don't tell me you're dirty. Yeah, I, I feel like... Because when I listen to Sirius XM, right, there's a lot of people who do nervous curse words and stuff, especially yeah. if they're performing in front of a younger crowd and all that's funny. But sometimes that even, like, that affects, like, the energy of your act. Like, you can't always tell if I'm cursing or not because I'm saying something. You know what I'm saying? So... I've done shows where people are like, I like that you don't curse. And I probably said like eight curse words, but you didn't get it because I'm actually like. Because it's know. part of the, that's what, you know, Seinfeld said he always thought uh, clean humor was better and, and it's harder to do. It's interesting, yeah. It's but interesting. I always thought that I'll give him some of that. He's, right. But to me, Richard Pryor wasn't a dirty comic. No. He was an earthy comic, and it was from where he came. It was from, and so for me growing up, it yeah. was Richard Pryor and George Carlin. <clears throat> and yeah. yeah, and that was, and there was Klein, and then there was oh, God, yeah, yeah, and then you know Bob Newhart and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Oh, and yeah, that, yeah. Well, see, he you know, recorded you, his first album without an audience. I know. Come on, man. That Abe well, Lincoln. Yeah. Show. Well, the, the Abe, other one baby. I like. Yeah. I interviewed uh, Carl Reiner, and I was talking to him wow. about him and um, who? Oh, uh, Blaze Mel Brooks. Yeah. Him and Mel Brooks did the two thousand year old man. And they were talking about how they would just do it at parties. And somebody said, you got to record that or I'm going to steal it. Yeah. So they, he goes, I never knew what I was going to say and I never knew what he was going to answer. That's amazing. But, they, but because they worked together. And that's a kind of, as a comic, man, that's, that's gold. You know what that is? You know what that is? They were present. Yeah. And that's what made, that's, and that's the thing with Pryor. Pryor was present. You oh, know yeah. What I mean? And so, like, clean or dirty being present and being interesting trumps, That's, yeah, trumps all anything, of it. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. So, and uh, Franklin Ajay was one of my favorite. Oh, yeah. He is one of my favorite performers, comedians. He told me that Richard Pryor told him, don't try to be funny, be interesting. He told me that at about maybe my 12th year in comedy. And, uh, and, and you're and, like, and, where and, the hell have you been? I know, yeah. where have you been? But it, it's so true, man. It's so true. Like, it's like you could sit next to somebody in a you know in a restaurant, and if you have something interesting to say, they're engaged, and it's kind of like that same concept. Like when you go on stage, what are you talking about, man? And so it's interesting when I hear people kind of just getting started; they're just trying to figure it out. They might be all over the place, but they might say one gem of a thing that's like brilliant. Sometimes I go up to them. Like I had a friend; she did a joke about. Everybody's trying to do abortion jokes now for, because of what's going on in uh, Alabama and people trying to be edgy. So she, she was doing this whole concept of... Uh, I just can't imagine a bunch of writers sitting around the room. Okay, let's do the abortion joke. That'll sell. Bill Hicks did yeah, it. Bill Hicks was the first comic I heard make an abortion joke funny Like when I was like... Oh, yeah. And I was like, gosh, that was incredible. But like so many people are trying to do them now and it's like... Yeah, so she, she said something on stage where she goes... Um, something about her having an. It was. It's like this random joke about abortion. But then she goes, "I believe that that soul of the baby goes back up and will 
go into a baby that is wanted. Like that, she she just did that as a throwaway line, and I'm like, that's the joke right there. So like I chased her down. I go, yo, could you imagine like that soul coming down, <laughs> like <laughs> thinking it's about to go into a baby and get sent back? Like how many times? It's kind of like. An athlete. It's kind of like Chris Carter and like the uh, the Hall of Fame thing. Right? He had like, "Hey, baby, I'm getting in the hall this year." Nope. Like, nope. Right? Damn. Who gave her three hundred dollars? No. It's not legal. Like you just keep doing it. So, like that's that. Like that's the joke. So, and I told her, you can kind of see in her face. She was like, she understood it, but it wasn't like her performance style. But conceptually, you could do that part all day and, right and you're not even like you know so I, I, I look for stuff like that like i heard that and that made me go yo yeah yeah that's the thing well like yeah here's the other one have you ever had someone come up to you and go look whatever you do don't make a joke about x y or oh, z yeah, oh, no, you gotta go right and there. there's a real <laughs> so i was yeah. hosting an event last year and they said look whatever you do you can't do uh political jokes because you know, they, 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 we got both. So I said, well, shoot, that's the right. first place I'm going. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> of course, of course. And knock down that barrier right yeah. away. Yeah, man. You know, who? when I worked on uh, Everybody Hates Chris, Chris Rock taught me. I don't even know if he knew he taught me this. But his whole concept of talking about people, his whole mantra was make fun of what people do not who they are yeah and i thought i thought that was brilliant because a lot of comedians not a lot but some comedians that go for low-hanging fruit and just talk about how a person looks or what they're yeah. wearing that's funny in the moment but you wouldn't i don't know if you would say that if that person was sitting right there so that's why last night when i talked about how magic quit that's something else as yeah. opposed to talking about man you know what i'm saying like right and so there's a good do you ad lib that yeah like i could do that all day when I, but when I saw it, that's how I um, I felt. I go, who quits like this? Like, this is incredible. Like, to me, and I, I would say that with him in the room, like, right. n- without any reservation. Of because course, because it's funny. It's, you know, <laughs> and right. it was true. And it was true. And it yeah. was something he did. And it's yeah. something he'd be like, yeah, all right. Yeah, I did. And he, won't, he can't be, like, upset about that. You know what I mean? And, I, and at the But end to refresh day, people who weren't there, the joke was, yeah. go ahead. Oh, oh, oh. I, I was just like. The whole concept is I didn't think Magic could be my hero ever again, but the way he resigned from the Lakers was epic. It was the most gangster thing ever. Like, you could tell Magic quit like he didn't need that shit. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, most people before they quit, they're like, they think, oh, man, how much vacation time do I have? What's my 401k going to do? Magic quit in the middle of a pay period. <laughs> Brother quit on a Wednesday. Don't like quit on Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> like the only oh, hell with this. Right, right. <laughs> I had enough. Monday, right. <laughs> you act like you want to be there that whole week. <laughs> <laughs> Come Wednesday, like, I'm out. I'm out. This dude quit on Wednesday. <laughs> I didn't like that layup. Hell with it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's amazing. I said, the only way I would quit in the middle of a pay period is if I knew for a fact I was going to get fired. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, right, that was right. funny, too. Yeah, oh, can I talk to you in my office? No, let me see you in my office. <laughs> you don't have office. Exactly. That's why I quit. <laughs> <laughs> like, man, that dude revolutionized. So to me... Like, I can talk all day about that. Like, just like, and that, that helped me a lot, too. Like, along the way, it's kind of these things, like, as long as you show up, and as long as you try, you'll eventually get people who will help guide you 
in the in the spaces that you're trying to get to. I'm always blown away whenever I see a performer that makes me go, I didn't know comedy could do that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I'm surprised when I I'm always, I I like going and getting surprised by a comedian. Yeah, yeah. That's when I know you you got me. Like yeah. you did last night. You yeah, I mean, I sat down, I was like you know, and this is a friend I said, I had never seen your act before. Right, right, right. And, you know, and you started, and it was funny because the way you started, my wife and I said you were very casual about yeah. the, you, I didn't know if you were going to do stand-up comedy or, or if you were there to, you know, like open up an envelope. <laughs> and five minutes in, I'm laughing. Good, and yeah. I said, oh, man, that was a great way to, I mean, and it was nice to break up that because those damn award ceremonies. Oh my like, god! Oh I, my gosh! I, I run a couple of them, and yeah. you know, like an hour in, you're going get, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody hit me over the head. Yeah. Send me to the hospital. Shoot me up with opioids. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Just get me the hell out of here. Right. Yeah, yeah, you're an award winner. Yeah, uh, yeah good, yeah, good oh, job, good job, one? good job. <laughs> and now TV, and you yes. know, always a smile. And, <laughs> and you know, of course, I'm down with the First Amendment very much so, yeah. but it's like, how much? You know, patting yeah, yeah, on the yeah. back. Can we give each other? Yeah, yeah. I'm go. I'm go, I'm just waiting for the hand job. <laughs> it's like a, <laughs> we're gonna have a big circle jerk. <laughs> yeah, we're great. We're great. Yeah. Not to put anybody down. I'm just, I'm just, but don't. I mean, yeah, no. You, yeah. It was so cool. It was like it was. That was like the fastest. Though, like I never seen awards given out that quickly. Oh yeah, like, well they were racing through that yeah, shit. It was like an auctioneer. Yeah. 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 And yeah. yeah. number one. <laughs> <laughs> so I can say, nope, you don't get on stage. Yeah. 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 Keep moving, keep moving, keep moving. Yeah. Now, move along, move along. To come on stage. It was so yeah. Yeah. incredible. Yeah. Now for the important yeah. people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the rest of you oh can go gosh. over there and get your flower. Yes, yes, yes. Get the flower and your thing and, and beat it. No, but it was. Yeah. We're just. Yeah. We're teasing. It was a great. It was but, fantastic. But you broke it up with some comedy that was right in the middle. That was really nice. Thanks. And that's and it was, <laughs> of course. Now we have to talk a little bit about who inf you know we talked about some of your influence. Yeah, man. Well, first, I mean, I didn't know. Someone told me on Facebook the first comedian I ever heard was Cosby. I didn't know that when when I was in like second grade. We had a teacher. I'm Joe Putin. We had a teacher named Mr. It begins with a T. I can't think of it right now. Daddy is something like that. And he said, "If you behave, I'll play Cosby for you at the end of." Uh, class so he was playing Cosby. and hopefully he meant playing the record <laughs> right, right, come with me <laughs> that, oh God, that just makes me so sad yeah well you know it was a comedian that busted him out i know hannibal on, first yeah, yeah hannibal yeah, did yeah, it I on stage hannibal, yeah man. yeah it was weird like I, and i have to say when he and that was like a moment when he was trying to work out a joke so it was right. like i don't even think he intended for that to get out because for me when i watched him do that i was like I was thinking, did Cosby do something to Hannibal? Like, why is Hannibal mad at Cosby? Because I was trying to piece it together. Right. But I was like, oh, he's in Philly. So he was trying to he was trying to figure out. He was trying to do a joke. Trying to do a joke about people from Philly. And it was just a, I feel like he was just jazzing, like just scatting. And damn, son, it was crazy. Because <laughs> at first I was like, I was trying to think, did Hannibal like look up to Cosby? Like, did Cosby like shit on him? I was trying to think, you know what I mean? Did Cosby like, go out with his girlfriend? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, yeah I know. <laughs> But that's what it was, man. And, uh. Yeah, not, to me that felt like um, I don't know if you ever saw Malcolm X the, the film. What yeah. So Malcolm X, before he broke with with the nation, everything he would say was the the Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us. And then right. He X Y Z. Honorable Elijah Muhammad teaches us X Y Z. And then he found out the Honorable Elijah Muhammad had some flaws. And then he was like, "All right, I, I got to break away from this." That's what that felt like because yeah. Cosby. 
for a lot of us was like the honorable Elijah Muhammad. You know what I mean? Like he taught us. Well, I still say you can divorce the yeah. person from the art. Yeah, yeah. It's like when people go, uh, you know, John Wayne was a racist. Why? Well, I, I didn't elect him to anything. I don't want. I'm, yeah, I just yeah. watch his movie. I right. don't. You know. You yeah. know, Tom Cruise is crazy because he likes that religion. Well, I, he's paid to entertain me. I, I don't care what is. Right. You know, and Bill Cosby, he was funny. He was funny, man. It was like it's a tragedy I, 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 what I he did. I hung out with did. him a few times too, man. Talked to him on a, talked to him on the phone one time, and um, hung out with him a couple of times. Well, remember what? And how was he? He was a real dude, man. Like one of those guys that expected you to be your best self. You know what I mean? Like when he looked at you, he didn't, and you felt like you had to be that. You know what I mean? He was just. Meanwhile, he's getting a little lost. I know. <laughs> That's, I know. That's like, how it lets you do down, that? doesn't it? Yeah, it's like the scariest thing because it also lets you know you can't place all your hopes, dreams, and values on another person. You know what I mean? It's like that's true that to yourself. Yeah. yeah, biggest lesson. Well, that was. But, uh, uh, remember what Richard? Uh, there was. I can't remember what album was on, but Eddie Murphy was talking about. Oh, yeah. yeah, Richard Pryor. Yeah, <laughs> shut the police. Yeah, <laughs> yeah man. Richard and Bill Cosby had kind of a thing going back to wow. Think about that. All right, think about it. it was, that's kind of. Could you imagine if you're doing your thing, and then there's a, a younger person coming up doing the exact same shit as you? Yeah. And people are going, "Yo, you know this kid?" And you're like, "This motherfucker's stealing my shit." And yeah. then And then that guy flames out and so you got to be like yeah i knew he couldn't keep up with me you know you're probably feeling like yeah and then he re-emerges as this as richard <laughs> like Pryor. This phoenix yeah, yeah like like what the hell and so i could see them i think cosby as in you know, human nature i mean you got to respect what he was doing yeah but you also got to be like because i think cosby he did he released the album when he was cussing and shit like he tried to like well he released an album where he's talking about uh, uh drug and women yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. i mean it was there <laughs> It's crazy. We thought it was a joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, oh my God, this is one album where it's um, it's three Cosby's on the front. Yeah, yeah, and, and I've got that album. One dude said, "That's the last thing those women saw before they passed." <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, that's Cosby. bad, but funny. Yeah, it's like he was telling us who he was for a long, long time. time. Even bread and <laughs> Like if you know how to look. Yeah. <laughs> Was telling and you give him a Spanish fly, and I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute!" I know, hey, man. I listen to that now. I'm going, "Hey, I know, I know." It's crazy, and that's <laughs> it's something to be said about those cats. You know where it, where it really affected me? It affected me when you look at the people in showbiz whose whole thing is like, you know, the clean cut. I'm just, I just want to help. Everybody. I'm scared of them. Yeah, I, like, I, I look at it. Yeah, now? what are you? Yeah, what are you gonna snap? Well, I say that when you know you're from <laughs> the same neck of the woods I am. Yeah. I say that when I when I think about politics. Yeah, I knew you were gonna say that. Yeah, yeah. it's too much. It's yeah, like, you know, I'm a clean cut. No, you're not. You've got a glory man. hole at home. Yes, <laughs> you know, yes. <laughs> and, and you're happy using. You're afraid to let anybody know you like it. Yeah. <laughs> and I, we're almost there where people just gonna have to come out with this shit. Like that was the empowering thing about Malcolm. Because he was like. You know, I've been to jail, I've been to convict, I've done all this. Like, he just said it up front. Now, this is what's wrong, you know? So people, right. you had to go, oh, okay, well, we can't assassinate his character because he... No, they just killed him. No, they just assassinated Yeah. Yeah, in yeah. this country, if they can't kill your character, they kill you. Yeah, yeah. And that that's, you know, unless you're Donald Trump. 
man, I think I, I didn't do any Trump jokes last night, but that dude. Oh, I do. I do Trump jokes all the time. Hilarious. You know what he reminds me of? What? I have seen him so many times. Yeah. He's a failed stand-up comic. <laughs> you know the bad road comic? Yeah. He's the bad yeah. road comic. Yeah. I sat there one time. <clears throat> I was in a press conference That's with him. Good one, Brian. It's wow. but it's tr- I I mean I, I I ended up heckling him one time in a press conference. <laughs> Cuz he was like and he told me well a couple times he told me to sit down. One time he goes, "Sit down." I go, I am sitting down. He goes, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, you are. And I was like, what the fuck? Man, I want somebody to yell out, you lies. I did. I've done that. You've done that? Oh, yeah. Last time I I posted that on uh, uh, no Facebook. No. Twitter, yeah. I, the video. I, wow. I said, Mr. President, what do you say to the millions of people who say you do nothing but lie? Wow. And he looked at me like, like he had just, you know, somebody had averted shit on his shoulder yeah. type of thing. But he was in this one press conference, and he called on me, and I and he had been going on about Oprah, and I had this question I was going to ask him, but I said, before I ask the question, Mr. President, I have to ask you, what's with the Oprah love? Right. <laughs> and he said, what is this guy, a comedian? And I, and I felt like saying, no, are you? But I didn't. Ah. <laughs> I just kept the question. But yeah, yeah when I listen to him, yeah. he reminds in That's and, a perfect analogy, Brian. He's wow, a, that's so funny. He's, he's like a failed comic. Yeah, and those those guys, man, are dangerous. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, yeah. Because I've I had I've had to work with a few. It's nothing worse than working with if you're a, a working comic, working with a failed comic, and it's a like frustrated the, failed yeah, comic, the and they're worst. angry as at, at, including yeah. themselves. Yeah, it's the worst. And they don't have any idea how to get that out to nope. be funny. Nope. All they do at the end of the day is piss everybody off, including themselves. Yeah. And you know. They're just a couple of shots of bourbon away from eating a bullet. Oh, my God. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Dude, you have no idea. There's a lot of failed comics out here that are very successful doing something else. Yeah. And it's like, it's fascinating. Well, comedy is the hardest. I Like I said, yeah. I've played in bands, do public speaking. Yeah. The hardest thing in the world to do, I think, is because you're out there alone. Mm-hmm. And look, if I'm in a band and I play a song and I lose the audience, I can get them back on the next song. Yeah. With a comic, you lose an audience, brother, that's a slippery right. slope. Yeah. <laughs> Wrap it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very rare if you can get them back. Oh, my gosh. It takes yeah. a really good comic to get them back. Yeah. And those are, you know, I, I've seen some that I, I watched Billy Gardell one time. Yeah, I love Billy. Yeah. yeah. He, he said something about the Pope or the devil or something, and the whole audience went flat. And he goes, hey, what happened? We were all friends a minute ago. Yeah, yeah, and then, yeah, then he got him back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy Gardell. Yeah, man. He has a new show out there. He, he had some of the funniest. He had uh, Halftime, I think, was his album that put yeah, him out. That, that was a funny Gardell story. I used to work the road with him occasionally. And, uh, when I first moved out here, uh, you have to showcase to get into the comedy clubs. Right. I, uh, was, I was working the road and I performed at the Improv on Melrose. I had to showcase on a Wednesday. And on a Wednesday, it was like, like I don't know, maybe eight comedians sitting in the front, then a huge moat, and then all the industry sitting in the back. And uh, I went on stage. I bought this dumb green silk shirt. I'm on stage performing, but I was pushing. I was performing like I was on the road. Like, hey, you know what this is? Yeah. Like, uh, and I was getting no laughs, and you see the sweat start popping on my forehead. We've been there. <laughs> Armpits start getting all sweaty. 
I just keep going, you know, and I'm doing this dumb cadence that I that worked on the road. Mouth start getting dry. Just eat it for my whole seven minutes, and I get off stage. Billy Gardell was waiting in the wings, and he goes, "Welcome to Hollywood." And <laughs> <laughs> then, then he went up and killed. And I was like, "Oh, yeah, you got to take it." Ah, shit. For like the first three months I moved out here, I did not feel funny. What's the I worst venue you've ever played? Ooh. Wow. The worst venue I've ever played? I would... Man, I blocked that shit out, man. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I, I don't ever hold on to it. I'm I, sure can't, I can't forget mine. Yeah, what's yours? Tell Her, me yours. Hershey, Pennsylvania. Uh-huh. And they didn't have oh, a no, stage. Okay. Yeah, they yeah. didn't have a stage. Uh-huh. They put us up... there. It was a planner, you know, like, uh-huh. and it was in a corner of the room, and they had put planks down, yeah. and there's a mic, yeah. and one light, yeah. and you're in the court. No, it gets worse. <laughs> so there's the bar, and you're you're talking down one side or the other, and to your right was the door to the kitchen, which opened. Oh, oh so you'd be doing your bit, and then the door would close. Oh, open that's the terrible. Front. That's ridiculous. Okay, I got two. I have All two. Right. First time, Chicago, I was living in Chicago, there was a comedy competition called the Miller's Comedy Competition, and you performed at different venues throughout the city. One venue was at Home Run Inn Pizza, (laughs) West Side, I think it's West Side of Chicago, and the stage was a crate, one crate. So when they introduced you, you had to step up on a crate. Now, (laughs) directly above the crate is a ceiling fan. I'm six feet five. <laughs> so I'm standing on stage ducking the blades of the ceiling fan, standing on a crate looking like a slave auction, like up on the crate, like, how y'all doing? That was terrible. <laughs> Poorly lit. I hate light. And oh, yeah. I, oh, I got another one. Uh, uh, what was the name of it? I forget the name of it. It was, a, it was a dance club in South Bend, Indiana. I was performing a lot on campus, and they hired me to perform at this dance club. Jerome Bettis came. Like, all these athletes from Notre Dame football came to this dance club. And everyone's dancing, grinding on each other, all the girls hooking up. And then they just stopped. Are y'all ready for a comedian? People were like, what? And they put me in the middle of the dance floor with, like, the, the flickering oh Christmas my. lights. In the middle of the, the dance? In the middle of the dance floor to perform. Theater and around. Yeah, I got, I got booed, man. It was just, it was like, boo, fuck off stage, fuck Notre Dame. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> And Jerome Bettis was laughing at me, getting booed <laughs> off stage. That was bad. And then the third bad venue uh, was, uh, man, I just had it. But, uh, but yeah, it was the crates, that dance club. It was something you told me that ah, I forgot it. But I try to block them out, man. The other weird back, one but. we had was, I walked in, they, the, Owner says, brings us into this club. He says, okay, yeah. you're going to do comedy here tonight. And there was three of us. Yeah. And he says, all right, so these beanbag chairs. Yeah. So everybody's going to be hanging around a beanbag chair. And you're going to walk up to them and tell each different group. I go, oh, hell, I'm out. Right, <laughs> right, right. I, I ain't doing it, you know, that. Yeah. Like, hey, let me tell you a joke. And uh, then walk over to another and go, hey, let me tell you. Close magic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Watch me pull a rabbit out. Oh, you didn't no. have a rabbit in your hat. Yeah. You know, it don't work that way. Well, I did comedy on a bus one time. What? And we had to talk into the... So you sound like the Metro. Yeah, yeah. How are everybody going, man? Redland is Shady Grove. Yeah, yeah. I had to do that. But everybody, like, they were sitting in that long row. They had they couldn't move. So you just see people looking at you. Um, I did a backyard. I did a backyard barbecue when I first started. Oh, that was oh, terrible. Oh. 
Uh, <laughs> a lot of them, man. The only well, place I haven't done comedy well, I'm is like, telling you, I know it's a tough room. Hey, how you doing? The only place I haven't done is like skydiving. You know, pull the ripcord, pull the ripcord. <laughs> it's kind of like the once you're in it. What makes those gigs fun is that if you don't have to do it alone, if you're with other comedians. Well, yeah, there's a shared uh, shared experience yeah. of. Of yeah. morbid fascination. Yes. <laughs> yes. Will we get out of this yes. alive? Let's get it. <laughs> I think it was one more I had to tell you. That was really bad. So, uh, well, the big question is yeah. traffic. Is it worse in L.A. or D.C.? I'm going to say L.A., man. Even though D.C. I'm going D.C. D.C. is terrible. Oh, D.C. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Hey, nobody know how to drive in no, DC. Yeah, and it's no yeah. And if you're on that beltway, you it, might as well rap. Yeah, it's, it's a wrap. Yeah, you're right. I'll see you yeah. in four hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're two you know, miles away. Right, right. Yeah. Here you can get side, you can pop off side streets if you know it. Yeah. Kinda kinda get there. At least you'll still be moving. Yeah, DC. Yeah, something right. happened on the one on one, you can get off the one on one. Yeah, yeah. Something happened on the beltway, you get off the beltway, suddenly suddenly you find yourself in the south. Yeah, yeah, you just moved, yeah. <laughs> Guess we living here now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll move here. Well yeah, what yeah. the hell, why not? Right. Right. <laughs> Closer than anything else. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Yeah, D C traffic is definitely for me for me it is. But I know some people do yeah, but LA and the weather's better here. Yeah. Yeah, but I miss, I ain't going to lie, man. When I moved back to New York for a bit, I was like, oh, I forgot about seasons. And winter. Yeah, I liked it. Because winter gear has gotten a lot cooler now. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not Eddie Murphy. No, from no, Delirious. no, it's not terrible. <laughs> yeah. We had a little Patagonia, a little joint to keep it moving, keep it moving. In yeah. D.C., though, the, I mean, here you could be 85, 90 degrees and you don't feel bad. No, no. But no. in D.C., it's 75 yeah. and you're sweating your ass yeah, off. Yeah, you eat bugs in D.C., all those yeah. bats. Yeah. I like, I actually like that, though. My wife, I don't think she's a fan of that stuff, but I like humidity. And, <laughs> so, what's the secret to staying married? Ooh. Wow. You're wanting to be married helps. Um, I would say the secret to staying married is being flexible and knowing that. Whatever you're going through, whatever you... Oh, I got it. No. Restraints. <laughs> yeah, passive restraints? Or are we talking about velvet? <laughs> <laughs> nah, man. My boy told me this great quote. He goes, um, your manhood... Let me read it to you because I, I want to I do bits about this. Let me look it up. I, I write stuff on my phone. And I wanna read, oh, I do too, yeah. I want to read how he said it. My boy... Uh, you work bits out while you're driving? Yeah, man. So check this out. It goes, uh... With or without edibles? Ah, <laughs> I, I, man. I do do punch-up. Uh, get some uh, sativa. I might do punch-up on my stuff. That's what Carlin said. He said yeah. he likes to write straight and punch-up high. Yeah, man. Because then, then, you see through the bullshit. You'd be like, I don't need those words. Why am I yeah. saying that? Why am I pandering here? Ooh, 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 ooh. This is a whole porthole. I can go down here. Why yeah, not? yeah, I miss yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, the foundation of manhood is one word, restraint. Foundation of manhood is one word, restraint. Yeah, yeah, restraint. And so, like, in a marriage, I feel like the first 10 years, you So learn. you hold on until she comes? Is that it? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. No, the first, in marriage, I feel like the first 10 years, you are learning how, basically, how to choose your battles. So my wife would say some stuff, and I'd be like, damn, I want to say this, but I know it's going to, it's not going to end well. So Sometimes like you say it anyway. Of course. Because you know, you're say a guy. You're a guy. But it's like learning mm -hmm. how to exercise restraint in the right pockets. 
is, is an ongoing thing. You know what I mean? So I would say restraint, man. You can't say everything, you know, all that stuff. Like, you know, uh, being faithful, that's restraint. You know what I mean? Like learning how to exercise restraint, I think, is like. So, sweetie, I was going to ask you, could we do it naked outside? Basically. Basically. I'm going to exercise restraint. I'll tell you, I'll give you an example. Okay, so naming our daughter. Um, I wanted to name my daughter uh, one name, and my wife sent me passive-aggressive text saying, basically saying, that name is the name of the newest Muppet, who is a homeless Muppet. So you want to name your kid after a homeless Muppet? <laughs> so that name's gone. So that one's not going to fly. So then, so then I picked another name. My wife didn't like that name. So then my wife eventually unveils the name. She wants to name my daughter. I then go on Pornhub, and I see... Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, I was, <laughs> so you're on Pornhub. I'm on Pornhub. And now, before the, before the acts, before the stars get to work. You were doing work, research. I was doing research. Yeah. Before the stars get to work, they always say their name. They put, their, they put yeah. a nice title card of who this person is while they're going, I've always wanted to, you know, and they're doing Yeah. And they put the name, the exact name my wife wanted to name my daughter was right there. So, restraint. Do I send my wife a screenshot of... <laughs> Porn hub. This porn actress with the name while in her mid gobble gobble. You know, Surely to God you the, did. This is the name. This is the name you do. Or do you exercise restraint and go, "Hey man, I gotta let this go." You know what I mean? It's got to mature. That's just one choice no, no, this person that, made with that's, that name. That's called survival, brother. It's <laughs> 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 also restraint at its most yeah. basic level. Oh yeah, because it's like but you don't, you shouldn't have to be told. <laughs> that's thirty-five years of marriage. Yeah, that's, that's right. But when you were, when you were young, five, you still in there like, man, I want to tell her, you know. <laughs> oh, hey baby, by the way, I was on Pornhub. What yeah. were you doing on Pornhub? Oh yeah, that's a whole other thing. <laughs> yeah, that's so. And you know, so funny though. Well, I was you doing also can't be afraid to like. My wife and I were figuring out like how we can tell each other those things, you know, like uh, just gotta say it straight. I yeah, think. yeah, yeah. But it's one of those things where if you start getting into your head, oh, she can't handle this, or he can't handle, or this, and make that's a slippery slope. So you do you just gotta that say, builds Yo. walls. Yeah, you just gotta be like, oh, this is the thing. This is what right. it is. I don't like it. Well, you're gonna know well, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Deal, deal with it. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's that's, that's a key. That space because, like, when you date for a long time, you develop. I developed that habit of just only telling people stuff I thought they could handle. Then you break up. And then you go, well, I didn't want to say this, and they like they handle it a completely different. You way. get that in the exit interview. Ah! <laughs> we were talking about that. <laughs> yeah, the exit interview when you when you get married and you have to tell everyone else that you dated. I'm sorry, it's not you. Uh, <laughs> it's me. You won't be advancing. <laughs> you don't get a rose. Yeah. Who did you pick? Well, you'll find out on Instagram. You'll see the photos. But, yeah, uh, we can no longer proceed in this organization. Yes, uh, yes my wife is way here's, prettier here's, than you. And, uh, <laughs> here's your separation contract. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Thank you, though. Thank you for. Thank you for applying. <laughs> yeah, we did have Excellent some fun. Interview. Like what you did with your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> your tongue game was, it was nice. Yeah, it was could in many actually, places. Yeah, could you teach my wife? With <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. You never, no, no. no, 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 no don't no, do that either. No, don't do that. Don't no. go to your wife and say, you know, I was dating this girl and she, uh-uh. No. Yeah, restraint. Yeah, that's, restraint. Yeah. that's what I'm telling you. It's, it's, it's a powerful concept. Well, it's I just a, call that common. I can sense. Right, right. <laughs> For some people, I'm telling you, 
when that need to be right, that need to feel heard, I'm learning how to exercise. Restraint. And I don't always get it right. I mean, still, you go, oh, okay, I'm learning. Well, no, we never get it right because no. we're guys. Yeah. And yeah. it don't matter sometimes, no matter what you say. Right. You're going to end up, you know, in yeah. A, yeah, and and you just have to accept that. It's not, it's not it, them. It's yeah, a, yeah it's, it's yeah. just the nature yeah. of people. What I like about what I like about the safety net of marriage is that no matter what we say to each other, she's still going to be there. You right. Know what I mean, and so that's kind of fun, like to not feel like I'm gonna lose my wife over right. saying this thing. And it's reminding yourself that that's a thing, that that's a fact. I also like. My wife is an audience. I know if she laughs at something I said, I know it's funny. Dude, my wife, my wife is the toughest laugh. That's girl. it. There you go. Her, her, and like if I make her laugh at something so hard, it makes my year. Like I yeah. love when my wife just busts up at something that I said. Yeah. And um, but I don't know if I could take that to stage. It's just like a personal laugh, you know. But when I tell her like my jokes, my wife is so. It's like I'm scared sometimes to tell it, but I got to do it. I'm like, well, do it. it's because you know it's like two magicians comparing. You know, <laughs> watch me pull a rat. Yeah, yeah, I've yeah, seen the seen rabbit. It. Yeah, here's Beat the card. It. Yeah, I right, got right. the card. Yeah, right. ace is high. Yeah, yeah. I right. got it. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's that's part of being around each other. Yeah, that's why I really cherish it when I get her to laugh because I know ah I do yeah. because I surprised her. Yes, but I feel like my wife is in this space right now where does your wife do this? Where she's almost. Her default is to disagree with everything. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> like, ever like I can count on one hand how many times my wife has said, "I'd agree with that." Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's like she's on like this game show where they tell her every time you disagree with your husband, we'll put five hundred dollars in your secret bank account. And now, <laughs> go <buy it>. <laughs> <laughs> under door number three, you've yeah. just won for disagreeing right. fifteen yes. times a day. Yes. I mean, the price kind of is thing. right. Yeah, I think you go through phases of that. There are times when you agree with each other a yeah. lot, times you disagree with each other yeah. a lot, and there are times you just go, "Oh hell!" Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh hell! Yeah, like when she goes, because I said something, and she was like, "I agree with that." I was like, oh. was like "So <laughs> nice." But usually she'll just go, mm, "I don't know," and I'm like, "Oh, uh, I, was, I wasn't even saying that for a disagreement." Right, right. Now it. we've all been there. Yeah, I wasn't yeah. saying it for it right, to, to start right. a fight. No. Oh. Yes, you were. No, no, really, I wasn't. Oh, yeah. The sun rises in the east. Witchies. Oh, oh hell. Oh, oh, <laughs> no. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Honey, you know you've never said that. <laughs> Golly gee. Oh, man. My wife is so funny. So how, l let me ask you this. You like improv? No. Why not? I'm jealous of it. Like, I, I, hate, I hate improv and I hate karaoke. I hate karaoke. I hate karaoke. I, I hate karaoke. I don't, it's like, I hate karaoke because you never know when you're going to leave, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. when you go with friends, it's like, there's no hard out. It's like, Oh, they're doing my song. I'm going to do that song. It's like, so I just feel like I'll be trapped in. But it I doesn't about, feel real to me. No, but out here in LA, man, some people be sick. They can sing. So you'd be like, Oh my gosh, that's a great song. Yeah. But now I'm ready to go. Like, but now like with the people you're with, they signed up. I'm number, I'm 10 away. So you got to sit through. Like, I don't, I just don't like I don't want to sit through three sets of this shit. Nah, man. When I was dating, I felt like every girl I dated loved karaoke. So I had to pretend that I liked karaoke. You know what I mean? I, I just hated karaoke. <laughs> Improv. Oklahoma. How many times can I hear somebody sing that shit? Yeah. <laughs> And when I, I'm jealous about, I'm, when I say I hate improv, it's because I'm genuinely jealous of what they've created because improv is based on failing. So they get to go up and just go, hey, give us some stuff. 
and right. we're going to try some stuff and it may work or may not but people applaud the attempt you know what i mean they're like oh they tried and if they do get something that works oh my god you're the greatest and comedy is the exact opposite i can't just go i'm going to try some stuff and people are going to be some, enough when you work with an audience you do to a yeah but you still have to no, you have. To oh, you've kinda, got things in your head. You yeah, know you're gonna you got to yeah. be able to like have some winners, and then also it's two different art forms, right? Like improv is so unselfish. It's like, what does my partner want? And comedy is is the exact opposite. It's a very selfish art form. Yeah. It so is. whenever you have a comedian doing improv with improvisers, a lot of times we'll go for the joke, and it ruins the scene because. You know, say we'll be talking about we're at uh, Asian Box and we're like, hey, man, I can't believe the prices went up. And I got a joke in my head about prices going up. If I do that joke and get the laugh, but it, it just took you out of whatever we were trying right. to do. So I I do implement improv a lot, especially like when I'm acting and all that. But as far as going to watch an improv show, ugh. Yeah, I don't like I don't to watch improv. Wanna... I, like art- I like comedians who can... Riff a little. Oh yeah, in that regard, and, of yeah. course. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. A, a strict improv show, I kind of get bored after yeah. a while. Yeah, it, it, I, I hate to say that because it it is hard to do. I'm I'm just so I'm super jealous that like an, they have a captivated audience that just because they do like it's like called long form or heralds or whatever they're calling right. it, you know, this season or whatever, and they and the audience is so patient. Like you can watch. Three or four scenes just tank and not be funny, but they're like, oh, oh, oh isn't that and cute? I'm like, man, in comedy, you just we don't have that luxury. No. So it's just kind of like it's kind of like I feel like comedy. We are all people with one parent, you know what I mean? <laughs> Improv, they got two parents. So right, I, mean, right. I can't stand you in your two parent household. <laughs> yeah. Shut up! I grew up in oh, a busted right, home. Right, right. All oh, the love you had, you had a backyard. <laughs> Shut up! You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, that's what I feel like. They're like the two parent kids, and we're like the single parent kids. You remember the best in. laugh you ever got? Ooh, um, yeah. Um, let me think. Okay, I used to do this joke. I, I would say some. When I started doing stuff that I was afraid to do, like it would make my friends laugh, and then I started doing it on stage, those are some of the best laughs. So I used to do this joke about if every black person left America and went back, and really did go back to Africa, they would send white people to Africa to try to get us to come back. And they're like, man, we made a mistake, man. We need you, man. Basketball needs you. You're gonna teach my son how to dance. <laughs> Who's going to date our fat women? <laughs> and I was doing that joke like in Milwaukee, like, like the whitest. Like, and when I saw like the white folks laugh, it made it made me go, oh, I'm cool. Like, or I used to do this joke about at its core it's a domestic violence joke, but the the word specificity would make women when I when I when it made women crack up like I like stuff like that that's like right on the edge and um, I used to do this joke about going to a Mary J. Blige concert and when she starts talking she'll say stuff like this next song is for every woman who's ever been hit in the back of the head with a crutch <laughs> and the audience <laughs> is like that's me Mary like yeah, what the, the fuck, fuck did I walk into <laughs> This next song is for anybody who ever got kicked down a flight of stairs on Christmas Eve. Like, oh, Mary, you know my pain. Like, what the fuck? And Mary would start preaching. She would say, uh, every seven seconds, a woman gets hit. No more. 
by R. Kelly. Yeah, that's when all the men lock eyes like, yo, you got to go to the bathroom? I go to the bathroom. Yeah. And like while we're walking up the stairs, you hear, every seven seconds a woman gets hit. That's why I started thinking, every seven seconds a woman gets hit? That means every six seconds that woman forgets to duck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, hey now. Every five seconds that woman refuses (laughs) to shut the fuck up. Oh, you're headed down the path now, bro. Well, you know, you you walked a path last night. It was kind of funny, though. Yeah. I mean, they did that whole thing on R. Kelly on his. Uh, yeah. That was a scary documentary. Ooh. And then you came out and busted an R. Kelly joke. Yeah, man. Got to. Yeah, I don't. And they laugh. Yeah. You yeah. Got to. Yeah. You got to, and it's like it's how you do it. What? Well, yeah, it is. Not what you say is how you say what you say. And uh, people who say, you know, you can't make jokes about A, B, C, or D. I think you can make jokes about anything. That's how you say it. It's, but for some, for some subjects, it's a narrower walk. Yep. I like you got to like nail that. it. You got to nail it. And yeah. you, know, you know what helps you nail it? You got to make it more specific. When people yeah. get in trouble is when they talk in generalities. So like in that last joke, I said every six seconds, I didn't say a woman or women. I that said, woman. That woman. So now is this. Woman, that's not any other woman in the audience. It's a woman that we don't know. So women laugh at that joke harder than men because I said that. But when yeah. I first started doing it, I was like, a woman, a woman gets a duck. And then it's like, whoa, you start getting moans. Like, See, yeah. that's, and we were talking about specific, yeah. Specificity, I, yeah, man. One of the things that is always a subject for comedy, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, uh, Seinfeld said he doesn't like to do stand up anymore because people are too, like, rigid and. And you gotta I, be specific. Both Seinfeld, Seinfeld made his living on observational humor. Yeah. So his whole thing is generalities. Like, and so, but when you watch him today, in, is it harder for generality? Yeah, because people now it's so many subsets and subgroups. Like people are identifying as specific things, and that's where so, I'm going. Isn't I mean? Yeah. Look. I don't know. Did you do the twenty three and Me DNA test? I didn't. My, my wife did. She bought it for me, but I just um. I did it. Uh huh. And so I, you know, I, I'm twenty five percent. I'm Lebanese, right? Okay. So, so but I, I also have African, Egyptian. Nice. Uh, I, I mean, Russian, Jewish. I'm everything but Eastern Asian. I even has some Neanderthal. <laughs> so I, I was like, you know, my forefathers. We didn't discriminate. In fact. Right. We're the most indiscriminate people on the planet. At some point in time, one of my forefathers stuck his head out of the cave, saw a Neanderthal, and said, "Yeah, I ate that." And I mean, you know, so I mean, we all must, right? Exactly. So, do we ever get past that, or is race always going to be with us? No, I mean, it depends. It depends on who is saying it. So it's like this: like I'll sit in the back of a comedy club and I'll watch well-intentioned white performers doing their act. And then all of a sudden, like a black guy is like a random black person. It's the punchline of one of their jokes. And uh, as a black dude sitting there, then you like all the white people in the audience like look at me to see if it's okay to laugh. <laughs> yeah. as, as opposed to just laughing. I've seen that. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't want to feel did, like that as did, an audience did member. Did he laugh? Like, right, right, right. It's on him. It's, right. You get to decide whether it's funny. Yeah, it's like, I don't want to feel like that. So my whole, my whole thing is that if you're a white, especially if you're a straight white male and you want to talk about somebody black doing something, just be more specific with it. Like, don't, you, like, Today, you can no longer say, you know, all black guys have these crazy names, or all black guys talk like this. 
because I have a white name and I don't talk like that. So right. you have to be specific about who that black guy is. Like the black guy, you know, guy I went to school with, the guy uh, I see all the time. If you make it, you can do it. But if you try to do that generality uh, thing, that's when you can get burned. You know what yeah. I mean? Because, yeah, you will get burned. Yeah, because more people are saying, hey, man, I'm like this. I'm like that. I used to follow this comedian at the comedy store who would do this act. Man, black guys can say anything to women. They can say this. Hey, what's up? And he would do this black voice. And it's always the Richard Pryor black voice. it's always the Richard Pryor black voice. I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. It's always that. Yeah, it's, and it's like, I don't talk like that. Right. And so when I would go on stage after him, sometimes I would make fun of it. Sometimes I wouldn't. But one time, some black audience members checked him. They were like, nah, man, we don't talk like that. And I saw him like get, get shot <laughs> because it's kind of like it's like I'm paying my money too, so you just have to be aware. It's just a blind spot. I don't think I don't. So I feel like you can still talk about anything. You just can't. You have to be funny. Yeah, you got to be funny, and, and you, you have, have to know be, your audience. You have to know your audience, and you have to know like what are you trying to say? You know what I mean? Like what are you trying to say with that? I remember one time I saw this one white performer. This dude was so funny, man. He had the audience going with him, right? And then he goes, "Now for my closer." It was like it was like just he goes, "I want to do an impression or something, something." I don't know what it was, but he runs backstage, comes out in full a full clan uniform, and starts doing comedy. And I'm like, "Man, I don't want to see that shit." <laughs> and so I went up to him as an older comic, and I go, "Hey, man." Um, uh, hey now. <laughs> I just want you to know, I loved, I loved, like, I loved everything you did. But when you did that last part, I just didn't feel included anymore. Like, yes, know, it's hard to feel why. inclusive in the clan. Yeah, I don't know why you're doing that. But I go, here's what I would say to you: try that shit in the black room and see what happens. Just try it. Like, if you feel, if that's was he a fact, black comic? White comic. Oh, go, oh my god. <laughs> go try that joke. You know, on Black Night here, just see what happens, man. And you'll get your if they embrace if it, you he, if you live through it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. and he was he saw what I was saying. I was like, so it's kind of like sometimes I wish we could do this audience swap. Like I wish I I could go to like a an all white uh, like especially like some of these improv shows and stuff. I wish I could bust in like a bunch of black dudes, you know, with a certain sensibility. Like from I don't know from. And just put them in the audience that well, night. I, I like playing. See. I like playing. I find and that sometimes it's harder to get a white audience to laugh because they feel uptight. Yeah, they feel yeah nervous and about it. As as a, you know, a tanned face guy. <laughs> if I'm in front of a black audience, yeah. it may be harder to get. Them to laugh, but yeah. once I do, it's, it's over. It's over. Yeah, they, they, they love you. You're in. Yeah, but white audience will turn on your ass yeah, in a heartbeat. heartbeat. Yeah, yeah. Well, you were funny for a second. Now we don't like you. Well, you're <laughs> too far. You're too you went too far. far. I, yeah. I, and and you're right. I find, but see, I I think we're. And I don't know if it has anything to do with Trump or if it's just the times in which we live, yeah. and he's a part of it. But it's, I, I find a sense of humor is sorely lacking in a lot. Yeah, man, you can feel when people are just nervous and they really want to just say this and say that, and that's the beauty of humor. Like we can kind of it reset breaks that. down. Yeah, we can reset that. But I do say, I do hold. I mean, I say, whenever people get in trouble, it's usually because they they made a joke. They made a they made a joke about something that's not their struggle, not their story, or they 
more specific than that. Or, it, it, in other words, it wasn't funny. Yeah, well, yeah, that's why it wasn't funny. Yeah. Or, or that's why it wasn't funny. There may be a reason group. why it wasn't funny, right. but it's like... Uh, it's like know, lazy. Sometimes it could be like lazy writing, you know what I'm saying? I, I think a lot of times it's lazy thinking. That too. And, yeah. and, and you know, your, your intention is... I mean, look, there's no comic that gets on stage and goes, I want to... Never. Yeah, I want to make you so. laugh. Yeah. Right? yeah. You're not out yeah. there to just piss people off. You're that's out there important. to make them laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The intention I think it, is not that. You yeah, and so there's nobody with you know a racist intent to go out and go. I'm going to piss off this audience. Yeah. And, I mean, you want them laughing. Yeah. yeah. And so, like when Michelle Wolf was in front of the White House Correspondents Association yeah. two years ago, and they gave her grief, you know, she may. I go, look, you may say the the worst thing you can say about any comic, they weren't funny. Yeah. And that's all you have to say. Yeah. That's and, and then as a comic you go well hell why wouldn't I, well, I got to sharpen my, my material or maybe I didn't play the audience right because yeah. you know like that room the WHCA that's yeah. a tough room yeah. you got all those people who think so much of themselves to begin with right. and it was like Lewis Black said you know they all have sticks up their ass <laughs> <laughs> and your job is to go in and stir the stick and pull it out gently yeah. and go here's here's the shit on the stick you right, know right. and. Uh, and he's funny. I God. love Lewis. Yeah, he's another Montgomery County boy. Yeah, man. Yeah. He went to Springbrook. Yale, Yale Playwright. It was yeah. a playwright, too. Yeah, he was yeah. at Springbrook, I think. Ah, okay. And, yeah. and you were at Suitland, right? Yeah, I went. I grew up in Suitland. I went to Central High School in Capitol Heights, Maryland. Yeah, that's yeah, man. small world, isn't it? Yeah, super different, small. Different world out here. Yes. But Maryland is starting to, BC is starting to get some love out here, man. Yeah, they uh, the BET Awards. They did the whole open playing go go music, and I was I was crying tears of joy. Like it was my youth on that stage. They were playing. They had EU and they had Rare Essence, and they were playing like. And now that's songs. called classic rock. I was I was I was said you know I, I love to listen to a Tribe Called Quest. Yeah, man. And uh, somebody said, oh. You know, like any new artist. I'm going, wait, wait a minute, man. I know. <laughs> when did that happen? Yeah, when did Brian? that happen? I know. I, yeah. can, I can understand if I go, well, you know, I like Leonard Skinner or, right, I, right, yeah, right. or, or the Rolling Stones. Right. You know, they're 89 years old and they're still playing. Right. <laughs> but the tribe, they're like in their 40s. Yeah, right, right. Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, man. It was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, and they, they got a Maryland crab food truck that circulates around here. Yeah, yeah, but I gotta tell you, man. Hey, uh, yeah, that ain't Maryland crab cake. You can't get that except on you know. know you got to be in the right place. They sell uts. They start starting to sell uts potato chips out here. Uh oh. Yeah, man. I got the crab flavor joints. I bought them home. My wife, <laughs> my wife was from Gary, Indiana. She's like, I don't get the whole. Oh, just try it. Just try it. Your wife's from Gary, Indiana. Gary, Indiana. She was she's able to breathe. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I remember driving through Gary, Indiana as a kid. You had to roll through with that a, smell. When, that's all those. Boundaries and stuff. It was, it was horrid. Yeah, I that too. You would ride ride through there and just with the windows up, go breathing through yeah. your your circle. <laughs> yeah, paying that toll to get to yeah. Chicago. Yeah. I remember that too. I forgot. Yeah. I never even mentioned that there. Well, she won't I agree was, with I you was, on it. I know. I was blown away by her beauty, man. I didn't bring up how her her towns had an odor. That's not a good way to say, honey. I think you're gorgeous, yeah, but what's that odor? Right, 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 right. Yeah, your town smells like ass. I forgot about that. We did used to hold yeah. our breath when we played that Gary Toll. Yeah, oh all the time. God. All the so time. So funny. Yeah. <laughs> you can't forget She's it. She's going to listen to this podcast yeah. and be looking at me funny when I'm yeah. like, what's up? What's up? Hey, he still loves you. <laughs> yeah. Man. So listen, I we could do this all day. Let me, yeah, clo- let me close with this. What, okay. what do you think 
looking forward, what would you like to see done in comedy mm-hmm. that hasn't been done or needs to be redone? How's that for a question? What's missing from comedy today, in other words? Um, that's a good question. I would say, man, I, I'm so many things. I would say, so I've, I've worked in television for a while as a writer and performer. And one thing I noticed is that there's not one word that gets in those airways that's not legally approved. So, kind of like the, but like the sitcoms that we all love and adhere to, like they weren't focus groups, they weren't. No. You know what I mean? It was like, it was a person had an idea of a show they wanted to do, everyone was excited about it, and they put it out. And so, I feel like I wish that uh, people who wrote the checks would trust the people who are like out there, the creators, the creators a little bit more. God, we always wish that some spaces. And, and, and but I also I would like I would like an opportunity for like my sense of humor to get a larger platform. But you have a great of, sense of humor. Thank man. you. To kinda, you really do. Yeah, to put that out because every every couple of years somebody gets an opportunity to go. Well, this is how I see the world. These are like, and that that can kind of like inform another generation of, of people to 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 go that route. So I like to be able to to get my voice out there more on larger platforms. And, and try to find creative ways to get people with the money to trust us to, you know. You know what I'd like to see? I'd like yeah. to see a, like, a, only show that does it, and I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think a lot of it is funny anymore, yeah. is Saturday Night Live. I don't think yeah. a lot of it, although, I will say that <laughs> one Monday, Jim Acosta and I were walking out of the White House, oh, wow. <laughs> and I said to Jim, I said, I want to say something to you. I never thought I'd say to another human being. And he go. He looks at me. He goes, like, "What? What, Brian?" I said, "The guy playing you on Saturday Night Live the other night was funnier than the guy playing me." <laughs> <laughs> I'd like, right? I'd like great. to see more, like yeah. the old Carol Burnett show sketch yeah. comedy. Yeah. I'd like to see some of that come back, yeah. like in Living Color. Yes, that would be fantastic. Yeah, you know yeah. that kind. Of, and and Saturday Night Live is the only one that's around. Yeah, that, that had, with that perspective. Yeah, and they they have a specific point of view. I would love to see. I mean, there is a, a new show come, coming out. I think called the Black Woman Sketch Show on HBO. So I'm curious to see what that is. Well, they ain't going to be about white guys. Ah, it might be. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm very talented people doing it. But I'm, I'm, but there, there is, but I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn on, on um, I feel like you kind of need both energies to make something as funny as it can be. So I'm curious to see how they do it. I, I just I like it, sketch. Yeah. And I, with stand-up, I mean, Saturday Night Live, when it started, was pretty good. Yeah. There was some time, there was some, the golden That's age of it. That's a good one, yeah. Sketch, I would love to see I'd love to see some that groundbreaking like, sketch, sketch comedy. Like in living color would be incredible. Back to the bring that back in that in this climate too. Like what I, there is another there is a sketch show coming out on Comedy Central, but nobody watches them. Right, <laughs> really. So 
I don't even know. I have to check it out. This Comedy Central ain't even that funny. I know they got they got the greatest name though. They do have a great name. It's like, but what have they done with it? It's like calling yourself a Cadillac and selling me a Volkswagen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they trying to come back. I, hopefully, I hope. I don't know. It's like, but once you lose, like, what, what do they call it? Once you lose the, the audience. Uh, yeah. Once you lose the public trust, it's hard to get them to come back. You know. So um, what's ahead for you, man? I, um. I am, uh, this has been like a development season, so I'm going to be writing a film, a sort of film to uh, Screen Gems in Steph Curry's company, so I'm going to write a movie, and uh, I have a, a deal to write a pilot with uh, a studio, but I, I'm trying to develop my own, everybody loves Raymond about my marriage, and just what it's like to be married, getting married older, and and I think that'd be your material there. I mean, yeah, that was that was endless. it was, it's and endless, it was, and it's so bleeping true. Thank you, man. That's what I really want to. I do mean, that. you really yeah. touched. I, I and I'm saying that as uh, someone you, who man. loves comedy. Yeah, it was last night. The highlight for my night was yeah. watching you on stage. Oh, thank, oh, thank you, Brian. That's, <laughs> and I, I really believe that 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 could be like an effective, amazing show, and I want to star in it. Oh, that would be good. Tell that. Uh, so that's, I want to do that. And uh, everybody loves Raymond. Yeah, I want to do my version of that. You know what I mean? And um, so we'll see. Hopefully, so, and I want to get a, a Netflix special. Um, and so here's the litmus tour. test, the last litmus test. Yeah. Rodney Dangerfield, like him or not? I love him. Yeah. See, there who, you go. Who doesn't? Oh my God! Then I do. And then his story, and then the fact that he he got it older, like he quit. And came yeah. Back and, and man, dude, like his movies, like uh, Back to School, like. That dude was shit. He was, and, and man, you talk about one line. Yeah, that's the thing, man. A lot of people don't know how to tell jokes in that yes. space. Like, that yeah. is a skill. That you know is, what I mean? And it was a uh, well-honed. And oh. he had he had the everyman persona. Fantastic. I mean, to come up with that persona oh. was great. Me, dude. Yeah. I wish I could have, like, hung out with him. Him, Red Fox. Like, those are the two people who wordsmiths and, like, well, just timing. My, when, when I was growing up. Yeah. They would put on like a, my mom and dad would have uh, friends over, and they would play, you know, like <clears throat> Bob Newhart or or, some, or the, the, it was the Ken the, the Kennedys that one album about the Kennedys that uh -huh. that was funny, and then after all the squares left, it was Red Fox, yeah man, and then later it was Richard Pryor yeah. and George Carlin, yeah, but <clears throat> that was only their best friends, the ones they trusted, would they. And Red Fox with and Mom's Mabley was the other oh, one. Oh, I was about to say her. She yeah, was incredible dude. He was an old. He yeah, was yeah, older yeah, than yeah. Dyke. Yeah, <laughs> timing man. Yeah, she was great. Yeah. So anyway, well, uh, on it, it, that is kind of a it's Welsh baby. Yes, yeah, yeah, Welsh. Yeah, I didn't very, know you were Welsh. Very, <laughs> very safe. Yeah, Brian. Everybody thinks I'm Irish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why I asked you. Irish, <laughs> you know. Karen, Lebanese. Why in your name Hussein? Or, you know, <laughs> <laughs> which was a good Barack Obama joke you did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Same. You're working, aren't you? Click. Yeah, that was yeah, great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you don't know, you just have you to just see have it. To see it. <laughs> anyway, Owen, thanks for being with us. The Thank name you, of the show is Just Ask the Question, and hopefully you'll come back and see us again sometime. I'd love to. That'd be great. Have fun.